coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Here we are, back again. It's been a while. Rick, Brett, Paper Stack Podcast, gonna dive into the world of note investing, Paper Stack, personal, everything going on. How's it been, buddy? Good. Just doing the same stuff. We just got a lot of things going. It's starting Monday. My kids go back to school. My kids are going actually classroom, face-to-face. That means they're not in the home. No more virtual schooling, so little scary, but I got to tell you, it's funny. I had to sign, like, I had to sign this. Like, basically, it's like a full-on release. Look, mm-hmm. you're not holding us liable for anything that happens COVID-related. Which, is like, speaking with my dad, who's an attorney, I was like, hey, what do you think about this? He was like, yeah, he goes, I never like it when they ask me to sign away all my rights. He goes, but neither are the courts. <laughs> they don't like it. So I was like, ah, you got to do it. But I never understood. You always hear, like, the stay-at-home moms be like, when does school start? I got to get them back to school. Well, I understand it now. Having been working from the house with the kids there, it's just been nuts, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. The hardest part was just trying to figure out the last two weeks or week of how to do stuff. They gave the kid, kids iPads, but then they'd send the emails to my wife and, and give her the login to the thing that yeah. I was like, well, why wouldn't they put it in the classroom where the login is? Like, why would they send it to you? Now, how am I going to get... That to that, and I'll go there and I'll get the app store. Then I'll guess I'll get her Slack. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'll get her. I got to get her an Apple account. I was like, oh, come on, yeah. Did anybody yeah. think this no. this through and like that? And it was like overwhelmed and they couldn't get on class. And they're like, like just the questions. I was like, look, the first, it doesn't matter. Just whatever, just wait. It'll, they'll, they'll get back to normal soon. It's like, ass. Yeah, it'll be it, done. Starting next week will be great. Oh, next week also, you guys are drum roll. Finally, after it's been. Pretty much all of COVID, since this has happened, we've started this massive update on the platform. Massive, like big time overhaul. Some really cool new features. The way you're signing documents is really spectacular. Mobile friendly. You can go, you can do really a whole transaction on your phone. Now, before it was super tedious, like scrolling up, scrolling down, sliding up and down. It's mobile friendly now. That should be released by... Monday the seventeenth ish. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have it done this weekend. So I say we. Mike's gonna have it done this weekend. Yeah, Mike. Mike's <laughs> gonna have it done this weekend. Brett will have me be in charge of the QA. Yeah, but I'm uh, checking the QA, making sure everything goes well, and I'm trying to break the site. So try to break the site and then get Mike to. We try it. to break the site so you can't. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's right. That's what the QA team tries to do. Yeah, that's what I try to. Do. Yeah, that's just some exciting stuff. So just those updates coming from the desk of paper stack on what's coming as far as like that, keep an eye out. And I know Mike will do an update video and give you a far more in-depth look at what's coming up, all the features, but it's going to be some amazing stuff. So we'll, once that comes out, we'll definitely have a link to that in the description below to the update at paper stack, but you're definitely going to want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. There's other stuff too. There's something it's past the mid-year, so something mid-year related will be coming out soon. Oh, the mid-year market report. It's here. Yeah, It's yeah. here. Let's Injunction it. with Bob Repass and Notes Direct. We've known Bob for a long time, Notes Direct and Paper Stack. While we're both online trading platforms, we do collaborate on a lot of different projects. 
Notes Direct will be actually utilizing our closing process at some point. I was talking with Bob about that. So we're pretty excited. If you haven't checked out Notes Direct, definitely give them a check. They're a great platform as well, different inventory. But we do work together. But yes, we did do combined our heads and combined our data and washed out some pretty interesting stuff about the first half of the year and what does it look like in that sort of in our retail space or our one-off to small pool trading that's going on and on paper stack so interesting stuff that'll be coming paper out and notes, notes yeah direct. paper stack and notes direct and we'll be doing a a full podcast about that yeah. about that just reviewing numbers maybe giving a little more insight be happy to answer any questions maybe some live calling questions i don't know we'll see we'll see oh i'm sure how to do that yeah hey just put it on your plate buddy yeah okay so what? Today, what are we talking about? Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is, it's a mindset question. It's the mindset of base hits and grand slams and note investing and how to set your mind up for both of them. I'm Man. not much of a baseball player. You know, the bunt. I'll tell you this. I was a baseball player. And sometimes the base hits, the ones you're just like, look, I'm just trying to hit a base hit, would turn into a home run or a grand slam. I remember I got my butt reamed, but we had a hit and run call. Then a hit and run in baseball, you got a runner on first. And as a batter, you're trying to hit a ground ball to the right side to get him over to second base. And I actually wound up hitting a home run. But you're never supposed to try to, you're never supposed to hit the ball up. It's always supposed to be down and on the ground. Because if you hit the ball up, what happens is as soon as the pitcher goes to throw, the guy's stealing. So the idea is he's stealing, you're hitting a ground ball, he's going to be safe. I hit a home run and it was an accident. But that's going to happen. The same thing is with note investing. You jump into note investing or you're in there, you're analyzing stuff for base hits. The reason you're not always trying to smash them out of the park is because you're not going to buy assets. Yeah, if you're always looking for the grand slam, you're going to miss a lot of single. And what you can do is, and this is what most of the successful note investors I know, they have multiple exit strategies. And one might be a single, one might be a double, one might be a triple, one might be grand slam, home run, whatever. We'll go back and talk about one that we did on the platform that, and you've probably heard about this one before, but if you haven't, we'll talk a little bit about it. Is there was a, it was a contract for deed that sat on the platform. Somebody was selling it and it sat there for three or four months. Nobody bid on it because it was non-performing and the seller was asking like 30,000 and the unpaid principal balance was 35. Total payoff on it was like 42, something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I looked at it and I saw the value on the property was in the, like the one, 180s fixed up. And I was like, this is, if I could buy a property for 30,000, it's worth 180. That's no brainer. Most people understand that if you're buying off the principal balance and you're paying 30 for a $35,000 principal balance, you have to show that they actually owe you the other 42 or they owe you 42,000. And I bought that with the mindset of, hey, I can get in there and potentially get this property back and hit a home run on this mm -hmm. deal. But I also knew that if I didn't get that and I wind up having to go through foreclosure, it was in a non-judicial state, which was super, it was a faster foreclosure time, less money. That I was like, okay, worst case, I'm going to wind up making maybe a 10 or 15% return, maybe a 20% return if we got lucky. But that's it. And I knew that if it went to auction, some investor out there, because as the investor on the loan, you can only bid up to the total amount owed to you. You can't bid over that amount. But as that investor, I was like, okay, I know 
that like I'm if it goes to auction, somebody's gonna buy this. But if they bought it and I make twenty percent, okay, I'm okay with it short time frame. But the upside was if I can get the property back, get them to sign the house over, which ultimately is what happened. They did sign the house over. We wrote a check for three or four grand to the lady and we wound up selling it. I want to say we sold it for like close to a hundred. It was like ninety-five. It's been wow. it's been like seven or eight months. I can't remember the exact details. But it was a, that was a home run. And so I guess it's all about your mindset of understanding that the home runs will come. Plan for base hits. What about bunts? You ever plan for the bunt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you plan for a bunt. And a bunt is going to be sometimes where it's a strategic buy. Maybe, for instance, it's in a pool of loans, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that, look, I they want me to take this loan if I'm going to buy these other five. And I'm, I'm not crazy about that loan, but... I know that it's a, it's performing, I can buy it. And then I can turn around and resell it and get out of it. And so like I buy the whole package and then I can break this one off and sell it as a one-off and get out. So when you say buy with a, for a bunt, it's really just a strategic, okay, at what point, what's the reasoning behind it? And there should always be a reason for buying an asset. You should always go into it with a game plan of, here's my plan on how I'm gonna get into this asset get out of this asset and will it make sense? That's smart. So every asset, even in the big pool, you know exactly. If you're buying a pool of 15, 20, you know what you, you, know what you want to do with each asset in that pool. Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step -step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. For the most part, I'll have a real generalized idea of, okay, this one we're gonna we're gonna try to turn and sell quickly. This one is no, we can work this one and try to get the asset back. We're getting a really good deal here. And what'll happen is you'll have sort of layers. You'll have the ones that are just they're just blatantly obvious. It's like anybody, whether you've been in the business for 10 days or 10 years, you'll be able to get in there and say, okay, I can see this one, what we're supposed to do. Like mm -hmm. I know the way that this asset's gonna roll. But then it's the, it's not those that, that separate the, the men from the boys or the winners from the losers. It's the, it's the be able to go down into that, that second level or that third level and hmm. say, okay, these are questionable. It could go one of five different ways and just understand that you have outs for all of those different ways. And really that comes into if you set up your, like your playbook, right? Hmm. If you set your playbook up, you've ran through the scenarios on other assets you know what happens. You're like, okay, I know that if I get this one, it's going to fall into one of these four buckets. And if it falls into one of those four buckets, I know how I'm going to handle it. That's ultimately what happens, right? Because note investing, at some point, anything that's going to happen is going to fall into 98% of the things. Now, there's always going to be that 2%. That's, I've never seen this happen before. How are we going to get through it? 
And as long as you have a good legal team and a creative mind, you can usually get through it. Interesting. Yeah. So it's really just managing your playbook, knowing your what's in your tool belt. Do I know how to get in and out of all the different Scenario. cracks and crevices or scenarios that I might find myself in? And that's, that's no different than any investment space that you get into. You always will know your risk. You'll know how to manage your risk. And that's ultimately what's going to manage the difference between a base hit, a single double, or a home run. Interesting. Yeah, it's just managing your risk. Managing your risk is how you, you hit home runs. Yeah. I became the Babe Ruth of... Uh, Not me. Don't call me the Babe Ruth of anything. No. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying how someone can become the Babe Was he even that... Was he that great of a baseball player? If you let... The, what, the Bambino? The great... The yeah, Br- yeah. Babe Ruth? Yeah, yeah Brett. He was... He, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying compared to, like, I guess, like, at that time... Compared to numbers now, I guess it's different. Yeah, he was really good. I didn't, obviously, didn't have the chance to watch him play, but if you look at the numbers, you look what he did. Yeah, man, he was good. He was, he played everywhere. I hit home runs and... Gotcha, all right. He was a man's man. He was yeah. a man's man. Yeah. yeah. Smoked cigars in the dugout? Yeah. <laughs> Beers and cigars in the dugout? Nice. Yeah, we, and it's Friday. We should have had a beer on this podcast. We still got the pool. We got, got to go to the pool later. Yeah. We might actually do that. So what else we got, man? That, that was pretty much it for this episode. I just wanted to get, have some people get in the mindset. If you want to learn more about the exit strategies that Rick has talked about, we have done a previous podcast on that. And you can find the exit strategies and note investing. He goes through all of them. So just think of that as your base hits and go through the exit strategies and decide which ones are the base hits, which ones are the grand slams. And that way, next time you're looking at a note on paper stack, which one you should be evaluating it by. You know, it's something to look at also, though, is before we go, is we talk about base hits, we talk about home runs. What about the outs? What about the outs? The outs. Let's not forget that this is investing, right? So you could run into situations where you miss something or you run into situations where things just go really wrong and really not how they're supposed to or planned. Yeah. At that point, it's definitely about managing your risk. And when you're in, when you get into a situation where you're in a loss situation, like you have to say, what's the way I can lose the least amount of money or recover the most amount of my capital to live to fight another day? Because I tell you, it's going to happen. If you invest in these assets long enough, you're going to have a loser. I remember the first two or three years of doing this, I heard somebody say that. It, was, it might have been Kevin or it might have been Bob. I forget who it was. We're, but I was just like, we've never had a loss. We just must be that good. And then you have a house to where the lady's paying and costs are getting up there or you've got cushion in the deal, but a tree falls on the house and it's a lower price band house. And it's, look, the tree fell on this house and the insurance payout is not enough when you figure in when the hazard insurance, whenever they start figuring in depreciation and wow. deductibles, all of a sudden, on a when when the loan is eighteen thousand or nineteen thousand, and they owe you, or and you're into it for fifteen or sixteen thousand, and they come in and it just gets, regardless of the interest rate, the tree falls on it, and they hit you with depreciation, and then they hit you with deductible, and next thing you know, you're losing fifteen hundred dollars. Because it's like the servicer goes, hey, what do you want to do with this? This is the total amount. And, and I'm like, well, that fixed the house. They're like, no, the damage is more, but 
this is the most they're giving, they're totaling it. And it's, we wind up getting that money and it's like, just satisfy the loan yeah. and let them keep the house and they can do what they want with it. That's what happened. And so you run into those situations where sometimes the losses are going to happen. Another instance, you're in the process of buying a house or buying a, you have a loan, you're foreclosing and it gets vandalized or oh, wow. copper stripped, AC's gone, something falls on the house. Any number of things can happen. You just run into a situation where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just, it's going to be tough to, at that point, when you look at a house and you have a drive-by and it's in good shape, and then six months later it gets wrecked, maybe a hurricane blows through or something like that. I remember one time we had one. It was going to be a smoking deal. It was in Lexington, Kentucky. Was it the one near the... It was... Is the one you guys talk about all the time? It was a great deal. Judgment's already entered. We're going into it. We're buying it at two 2.30. Judgment's entered already. It's, look, we just got to take it the distance to foreclosure. Saw the guy had previously filed bankruptcy, but we were within our time. Like, look, we can get this back. Uh, the thing is worth $400, $450. It's going to be a banging deal. This borrower had us wrapped up in bankruptcy, in and out of bankruptcy for two and a half years, three years. And it was just like, just literally it took forever. And then he wind up signing the house over for seven grand. After we dropped, we dropped so much money in bankruptcy, ate up, it was eating up profit, eating up time. Oh just, it was just, it's, but those are things that like, look, that's going to happen, especially on those higher price band houses. When you start hitting that three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar valuation, six hundred thousand dollar valuation, those those borrowers are savvy. Those borrowers, they have attorneys in their Rolodex. They're going to they're going to stall. They're going to because it costs them minimal money. It costs you a lot of money for your attorneys, and it's that's one of those things where that's one where it could go wrong. So you just have to understand you're swinging for base hits. And most of the time, you should be able to get base hits, home runs every now and then. But don't count out the outs. And they're going to, the outs are going to, they're going to come. It's one of those things where, that's why like for a fund aspect, like if you're investing in a fund, like MWM fund, like one asset that you take a loss on isn't necessarily bad because the rest of the risk is dispersed over hundreds of assets. Where if you're in this for the first time, and your first asset you're buying winds up being a loss, you may never buy another note again. Yeah. And we were fortunate that we made it a couple years in without ever taking a loss. And we were like, so we kept going on in the business. I look at it and I tell, talk with TJ. I was like, sometimes, man, if we would have, if we would have blown our legs off that first run through, I'm like, how differently would our lives look right now? What would we be doing? Maybe we would have stayed in it. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, that's one of those things to think about is if you're, especially if you're buying like seconds, you have to buy seconds in bulk. You have to buy more than one second because those, that's a numbers game. You're going to take outs there. Yeah. First position loans, you can analyze it as much as you think and you can get a pretty good certainty that you're going to be good, but there's always that chance. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Not to go still stay on the baseball team, but what theme, what is it? What's a foul ball and note investing? Foul ball and no, a foul ball and no. See, a foul ball, you usually get to take another crack at the apple, uh, another true. bite at the apple. So a foul ball 
and note vesting? That's a good question. I'd love to hear your guys' answers. Send me what you think of foul ball and note investing is because I'm sure somebody's got got a good one out there. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That was fun. Yeah. like the analogy and how we kept it going the whole time. That was good. My knowledge of baseball came out. <laughs> yeah. And then we don't judge an elephant by its ability to climb a tree. That's don't true. You worry. That's true. So, anyways, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Check us out. Ask Paperstack. We've got a series over there where we answer questions for people from Paperstack and the Paperstack update, which Mike does quite often, showing off our new features, giving very good quality 